Welcome to the Psych Movie Minute podcast. This is your host, Joshua Blum. Just me today. Dr. Adams is not actually here today. Um, she will be in future episodes, uh, but just me. And uh, it's been a little while since we've done an episode. Uh, I think the last one we did was in July. So um, summertime, summertime, I'll just say this, summertime with kids is a busy time. Um, and, you know, life gets in the way, but I've been meaning to get back to um, do these episodes. And when we uh, originally decided to do this, we ended up recording things out of order. It's a little bit like how a movie is made, I guess, is that, you know, not everybody's available at different times. So we have a bunch of things that we recorded, you know, sometime back in the spring or, you know, a while ago that are for much later minutes uh, that um, uh, we need to get to. So that's coming up. And <laughs> A lot of great discussions and stuff like that. It just hasn't we haven't gotten to there in the movie, but this is episode 17, and so we're going to be talking about today the idea of uh, dysfunctional relationships. And uh, so I I thought uh, for this particular one uh, I'd set the stage a little bit by reminding us what we're doing. Uh, this is a uh, a movie, independent movie, the Year of Spectacular Men, which we've been doing for the, you know the, all these different episodes. Um, and of course, we picked this movie uh, specifically because there are so many different mental health uh, things uh, specifically in this movie. And uh, if this is your first time joining us, it's you know, like I said, it's been a, a, a several month hiatus. Um, you know, I, I'm doing uh, this podcast uh, usually with at least one other psychiatrist, um, and we're coming at it from a perspective of discussing something. Um, discussing mental health sorts of things in hopefully a relatively jargon-free way uh, that can be helpful for people like parents who uh, want to learn more about it or primary care people or um, you know nurses or anybody who's in you know in the sense or uh, in the uh, uh, you know arena of dealing with mental health sorts of things and lots of folks do you know teachers parents um, uh, other physicians or other healthcare providers who maybe not necessarily trained specifically in mental health, but you know, so many of the things that they do see involve mental health issues of some kind. It could be as simple as you know your personal habits, like eating and sleeping, and you know, self-care, um, whether it's alcohol or other addictive kinds of things, eating behaviors that can get out of control. A whole host of uh, relationship issues often come up in variety of walks of life. Um, so if you're in some kind of service profession, you often see some of these things. If you're just a person who likes to observe people, you'll, you'll see some of these things here and there. Uh, you'll see them in your friends and stuff like that. And, you know, I think when we talk about mental health, I mean, that's, that's something that wasn't necessarily a, it wasn't like a thing, you know, um, as much in the past. I mean, there was always, I think people have always kind of had some conception that there is a, a way we uh, feel about stuff that is not necessarily tangible. But if different parts of the world have approached that very, very differently, and so in some parts of the world, there really is not a whole lot of conception of mental health kind of the way we conceive it. But even, even in a westernized society where I'm talking from, um, there's often still a fair amount of confusion, misinformation, and stigma about mental health. And so, anyway, that's part of the purpose of this particular podcast. It's just to shed some light on it by doing it in a way that, you know, does it through a movie. Um, I don't think it was the intention of the people producing it, uh, 
to or who made it to necessarily focus on this like there's some films and stuff stuff like that where you can tell it's very much like a thing that they wanted to make a a mental health movie a movie about i don't know depression or ptsd or something like that i don't think that was necessarily the indication here i think they just wanted to tell a story but in the process of doing it they cover really a lot of ground and so i think it's a nice um a nice way to use something like that uh, for discussion. So um, we're going to be picking up at uh, this particular part. Now you, you can actually find this movie in a variety of places. I I forget now if it was ever released the theatrically. To my knowledge, The Year of Spectacular Men from uh, 2017 is, I, I believe, is um, not available in any physical media. You can watch it, however, on YouTube. Um, you can find it on, I think, Hulu, and uh, I don't think it's on Netflix at this point. Uh, I'll have to double check. Uh, if you Google it, you can find it there, and um, you can uh, you can watch it there. Basically, as you know, like a streaming kind of thing. So I'm going to be playing this particular minute in the in the in the background, and that's what we've been doing. If you're new to us, we've been doing it one minute at a time, and uh, each time talking about a specific topic that's covered by that particular minute, or, or at least touched upon. And so this, in this particular instance, the main character, whose name is Izzy, who's actually played by the uh, the writer of this particular movie, um, uh, she uh, she's like a spring semester senior in college. Um, her life is kind of like in various states of uh, uh, disarray, and she's in the process of breaking up with a boyfriend who is not uh, particularly, I don't know if ever was terribly supportive or a good match for her, but um, you can really see that in this particular minute. So that leads into the discussion about relationship dysfunction. So I'm gonna, let's start over here with this. This is minute 16 going into 17, and I'll be playing this kind of in the background. About you, as I do this poster, which is that I'm sick of looking at. He's talking about an X-Files poster that she has on the wall. Boyfriend. Yeah, despite what you might think, that was right there. rude, by the way. I'm not hurt that you want to get rid of my poster. But those I left here for a reason. Why would I keep anything here that reminds me of you? Because I thought that eventually you could look at them and think about us in a good way. I just want you to get rid of this stuff. I don't want to stare at it anymore. Well, you could have just sent them to me. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, what? You, what? you have some nerve to leave me and then waltz back in here and insinuate that this is about sex. No, I, I don't need you, Izzy. I don't, I, I've been with plenty of girls in the last couple weeks. It's not a big deal. And you know what? It's even better because they don't stay over. What does that mean? Like you never slept? When I was here, I lived here. You don't actually ever leave the house. You must have been really tired. You psycho. You're the fucking. Okay. Ending right on an F-bomb there. Okay, well, they're talking about these pieces of pottery that she made, and then she, you know, she left there. She she basically kind of got kicked out. Um, in a previous minute, she had talked about, like, maybe going back. She says this is in New York, um, New York City, and she talked about going back home to, to live with, uh, or, like, to, after graduating from college. Uh, and she talked about going back home to California. And she's living with this boyfriend who I think is in a band, or we don't really entirely figure out what he does for a living. I think he's a guitarist, though. And uh, so, yeah, he basically kicks her out that night. And so she goes to stay with her sister, who's a, who's younger, a couple years younger than she is, but it's this 
sort of uber successful actress who has her who seem seemingly has her life together uh and her sister's in town to do a photo shoot is also like doing some modeling or something like that on the side so she stays there uh kind of like briefly and then uh is going back to pick up some of her stuff because her boyfriend's gonna throw it out and so that was this particular minute. And so the idea of like relationship discord comes up a lot. I think, you know, for those of us who work in mental health kinds of arenas, it's like, it's all the time. Like, you know, and I think even if you don't necessarily do like couples counseling or family therapy or that kind of thing, it comes up all the time. Uh, people talk about their relationships and I think one of the things that sometimes you'll see, this may happen more so in a therapy relationship or, or a long-term, any kind of long-term kind of thing. The way that the person acts to the other person in the room, so maybe it's like a therapist, will start to um, mirror how they kind of react or interact with other people in other parts of their life. So for example, if the therapist kind of looks like or reminds them of somebody like, I don't know, say their partner, some of the same relationship dynamics may come out. And, and then, you know, if the therapist can recognize that, then they can actually say like, hey, this is coming out. And that's actually, they can use that as a tool for like how to help people kind of like recognize those things. So kind of like simulation kinds of things like that. But I mean, this kind of stuff happens all the time, even for um, folks that are, you know, not in mental health. I mean, often relationship issues will come up a lot, you know, with like, if, if someone is like, say, a family doctor and they're dealing with, um, they're seeing patients who are like, say, teenagers, you know, often folks then are, are, are dealing with initial relationships and those tend to be sort of very intense and short. There, there may be, sometimes, sometimes there could be like, as in this particular one, there's a question of like abuse, you know, this is like, this, there, I don't know if there's anything in part of this relationship, at least if you just saw it from the microcosm of this particular minute that seems healthy. Obviously, they're arguing, and you have to always wonder, like, why do people stay in relationships that are un that seemingly are unhealthy? I think we all can, you know, think of friends or maybe even family members. You're like, why are you staying in that dysfunctional relationship? So people stick around for lots of different reasons. I had a supervisor once who uh, said, I think he, I don't even, I'm not sure if it was his quote or whatever, but. Uh, he had heard that, you know, the the uh, sort of, I don't know if adage is the right word, it's a bit crude, but he said, basically, there's an ass for every seat, which kind of goes to show like, you know, sometimes we don't always understand the kind of the reasons, the underlying reasons that, you know, people stick around in relationships. I think often it has to do with what we call attachment. So when we are children, we are dependent on caregivers for basically I mean, of everything, basically, especially young children. And so we, we, uh, that depends on a certain sense of attachment. If there were none of that, we just sort of wander off and, you know, which might be okay if we could fend for ourselves, but as, as humans, we can't really until, I mean, you, you might even argue that even past 18, sometimes <laughs> you can't fend for yourself. But, you know, in a physical sense, I mean, you know, it just, uh, eating and, and, and survival and all that kind of stuff are pretty defenseless as, as, as human babies and, and, and young children. So you're basically dependent on parents and that, that depends on the sense of attachment. And you can see it in, in lots in mammals, you know, probably see it less in, you know, I don't, I don't know if like exactly what, what it would look like in, in other species like fish and, um, 
reptiles and stuff like that. But you sort of see it, like you sort of see it in um, birds, and uh, they, they take care of their young, and uh, you know, hens. You'll see them, the, the mother hens, you know, gathering up the little chicks and stuff like that. So there is sort of a, like a sense of a, um, parental kind of like duty or whatever, and and some sense of attachment. My, my guess is that the, for example, little chickens will feel toward their toward the, the, the mother hen. Otherwise, it would just sort of wander off, right? And so people are the same things. I think when that gets disrupted, sometimes that leads to uh, issues in long-term relationships as an adult. And the ability to form secure attachments is something that develops very early, but is not something that happens with all people. And sometimes that leads to issues kind of later on in adulthood. And so sometimes we'll seek out relationships that are not in any like logical sense uh, healthy, but they fulfill a sort of need that we have uh, on a very deep level. So, for example, someone who did not have somebody around when they were younger um, to provide a sort of secure attachment to or a secure like parental figure, they may seek out somebody who provides that for them. And that may be a good thing, you know, but uh, what happens if that person is like overly controlling? You know, it's one thing to be a parent and to say yes or to say no to a lot of stuff, right? Because part of your parental duty is sort of keeping your kids safe, right? So that's going to involve some saying no, but we're dealing with equals, you know, we're dealing with two people in a hopefully mutually beneficial relationship, right? If there's a, and there's always power dynamics at play, but I mean, if there's inherent inequality of that, especially if it becomes abusive, you're like, why would that be attractive? But if that fulfills some other need, um, then maybe it would be, maybe it would kind of allow someone to kind of overlook some of the other parts that are much more negative. So I'm not really sure what the deal is with Izzy and her boyfriend here are, but I mean, it just if you just think about kind of like what their relationship sort of looks like so far, you know, she looks like someone who is, you know, kind of like maybe like relatively spontaneous and relatively free with things like deadlines and uh, sort, of, sort of more, um, you know, kind of coming apart at the seams a little bit. She might benefit from someone who is very kind of like stuck and controlling and stuff like that to kind of help, uh, you know, guide, uh, you know, kind of put some organization to her life. Like he's someone who looks like doesn't ever leave the house, right, and wears the same shirt over and over again and has very set routines, you know, so that might be attractive in some way to her, um, especially if that seems calming because it doesn't change. I don't know. But in turn, he might be attracted to someone who is the opposite of him, right? Someone who is much more spontaneous and can kind of not be stuck in the same routine. Um, but that may cause a lot of issues. So I think overall, like if you talk to like family therapists and things like that, they will often tell you that although people are often attracted to opposites, what often will help people stay in a relationship long term in a healthy sense is if there are similarities and probably more similarities there than there are differences so you know especially if it's similar values and similar kinds of um uh upbringings and backgrounds and all that kind of stuff i think the answer of why people stick around and what they uh are attracted to is a very is, is very complicated i think often though when it comes to that kind of stuff it's usually um more than just a surface level thing and it's something not necessarily something you can logic so if you've ever tried to talk somebody out of like oh you gotta leave you gotta leave you gotta leave instead of necessarily doing that you might what, what sometimes is helpful is like why do you stay you know 
it's kind of like when you're you're asking people about like some behavior that they sort of know already is harmful right like i don't know smoking cigarettes or something like that they already know that it is not great for them and if they would have quit they would have done it already but they're sticking around or they're sticking with it for some reason and that's the part that's important and that's the part that i think sometimes uh, well-intentioned folks will say like oh, leave 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 or um, quit 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 or whatever stop this i mean that's makes sense right that you would do that but it's usually not as simple as that so as with so many things with mental health, the, uh, it's often about asking more than just surface level questions and really just asking why. So I think that's often the, the, the biggest thing is that I think with many of these things, we're not necessarily there to change people because ideally we want to give them the autonomy to change themselves if they want to, because nobody really wants to be told what to do. But I think to help them develop uh, curiosity about why they're doing the things that they're doing, that ultimately is what we kind of want to cultivate. So on that note, we're going to close for today uh, and uh, this time. And uh, um, look for us next time on the, uh, the Psych Movie Minute. You can find us on multiple places where you find podcasts. Um, this is uh, available on places like Spotify, and Apple Podcasts and so forth. Um, if you like other movies by minute type things, so in other words, there are a whole host of podcasts out there that go through movies one minute at a time, believe it or not. There's tons of them, and if you Google movies by minute, uh, you can find a whole host of them. This happens to be one of them on that website, but lots of them out there. And so for all your favorite movies, look for it. And there's people that go into intense deep dives on, on all these kinds of things. It's really pretty amazing. You can also find us on social media and uh, on Instagram, occasionally on Twitter. Yeah, there's some stuff there that doesn't quite always make it into the episodes. And we try to post there kind of when we can, but I wouldn't say that we're necessarily super great about that, but you can certainly leave us comments there and we welcome anything like that. If you want to send us uh, comments and things like that, you can actually on the, the Anchor website, which is how we kind of do this podcast, that episode, that website, uh, is basically this, which I will get to. Yeah, it's anchor.fm slash psychmovieminute. And if you go there, you can actually find um, a way to leave us a message. And I believe you can make a voice recording, which which uh, you can actually ask a question or um, if it's okay, we can certainly play it on the show, that kind of thing. If you have questions for the people that made this particular movie, um, we can try to find a way to get those answered. There are a couple different ways to do that. And uh, we look forward to hearing those. So thanks as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time.